Greetings and welcome to the Hope Recovery Podcast, hosted by Greg Schmalhofer. The Hope Recovery Podcast is published every Monday to help you be successful in recovery and to grow in your faith as well. Hello and welcome to the Hope Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Schmalhofer, and this is episode number 20. Thank you for joining me today on the Hope Recovery Podcast. If I may, let me quickly mention that the Hope Recovery Podcast does have a website, so for more faith-based recovery resources for yourself, a recovery group, or a friend or loved one, please go to the website www.hoperecovery.us. There is also information there on my two books. The first book is called The Hope Recovery Devotional, a 100-day devotional with the message that there is always hope with God. And the second book is called The Twelve Keys of Faith-Based Recovery, with the message of how to be successful in recovery by embracing key biblical truths. You can find out more info about these books on the website or on Amazon or your favorite online retailer. This episode today is a little bit different from some of the past episodes, as this is part one of a two-part interview of Amy B. Amy is from Tennessee and is involved in a wonderful recovery program there called the Faith-Based Initiative, a statewide program that partners with faith-based congregations throughout the state to help people be successful in all types of recovery. In this first part today, Amy shares part of her story of recovery and how God has used her in many very unexpected ways to dramatically change the direction of her life. And then next week will be part two, where Amy will describe more about this faith-based initiative and the partnership with congregations throughout the state and the dramatic impact they are having in the lives of many people facing all kinds of recovery struggles. This interview with Amy is a powerful and moving story of recovery and how lives can be dramatically changed when you bring God into your life. Many thanks to Amy and her willingness to share her personal story with us and how God is using her and others involved with this faith-based initiative program, all with the focus to help people be successful in recovery. And now, here is part one with Amy B. from Tennessee. So today, I am very happy to welcome Amy B., to the Hope Recovery Podcast. Amy is joining me over the phone from Tennessee. So Amy, welcome and thank you so much for being willing to join me today. Thanks so much, Greg. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it is it is my pleasure and privilege and honor to have you. And I've read so much about what you're involved with in Tennessee. And I, I really am just very eager to learn more about the what you're doing with faith-based initiatives in Tennessee. We've dialogued back and forth over the past several months a little bit over email, and this is the first time that we've had a chance to really have a conversation on the phone. And so thank you for, for making this happen, Amy. I appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. Before we 
get to some of the the faith-based initiatives program and and other aspects of what you're involved with there, would you be kind enough to just share a little bit about yourself and your story and just help us to get to know you a little bit better? Absolutely. I'm so happy to do that. And part of the joy of my job is glorifying God through my story. Mm -hmm. Kind of exciting parts of my job as I talk to a lot of audiences. But I just want to say um, that I'm grateful for every breath I take. I know who holds my future, mm-hmm. and I've given my past to him as well. Mm-hmm. I praise the Lord for giving me this life of recovery and the mm-hmm. opportunities I have to encourage others who are seeking recovery and who find recovery to maintain that recovery. Mm-hmm. So I have 20 years of sobriety. Mm-hmm. I battled alcoholism for 10, and um, I also have bipolar disorder. And so I have two fights, kind of. I have the the substance use fight and the mental health fight. Mm. And I think that that's probably true for most of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the folks that we work with have co-occurring disorders. And um, a lot of our stories involve things like self-medicating. When I teach my audiences and my groups, we talk a lot about how substance use masks pain. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of trauma um, in my past as well. And uh, I just, you know, I feel very victorious over that now. That wasn't always the case, but I just, the past three years doing this job really have opened the door to so much healing for me. And I think really it was a main pathway for me Mm -hmm. to understand my past and my present and even my future for me to have this particular role. So um, just by way of introduction, I was a psychology professor actually for 25 years. Wow. Okay. Yes. And I love psychology very much. I love people in general. And it's such a funny thing for me now, um, ironic, not haha funny, to mm-hmm. look back and think about myself skipping the addiction chapter mm-hmm. for a long time when I taught abnormal psych or general psych. Um, and I, I really did not. So um, you would you would skip that chapter, Amy? <laughs> yes, I did. I sure did. Uh, and I did not um, see myself as somebody in recovery. I had uh, an internal narrative that was very different mm-hmm. then than the one that I have now. And a lot of my life was kind of in shadow. I, I often pretended to be someone I wasn't. And so throughout my psychology career, I hid my past. I hid my struggle. And in the height of my addiction, actually, I mm-hmm. earned two master's degrees while I was an alcoholic and while I was struggling, struggling with other substance use as well. So it's kind of like there's layers to my layers. Yeah. Um, and over the past three years, God has given me the opportunity to peel back those layers and to rest in his grace and to just mm. be who he created me to be. And Amen. it's an amazing freedom, Greg. It's mm-hmm. something that I never realized could be possible. Yeah. And it only happened because of the path that God took me on into this position. And it was a, gosh, like so many of us, it was just kind of a very winding and, and crooked road. And mm. I have to say that Romans eight twenty eight is my life verse. Mm. 
I really do um, sense God's presence in everything. And there's so much purpose, even to the pain, you know, of the past. I, I can, I have the benefit, of course, now of looking back over some things that have happened to me and some of the paths that I took. And I can see how it helps me have compassion and understand yeah. the people I work with so well. But also just to understand God and mm-hmm. the way he loves us and how intentional he is yeah. with every aspect of our lives. And um, it's just, it's an amazing thing. So if you, if you'll indulge me, I'll tell just the quick story of how I got this position. Yeah, sure. That would be great. Okay. So um, I lost my mom seven and a half years ago Mm -hmm. to cancer. And it was a a year-long battle that we went through. It was a really hard thing. And in that battle, I grew much closer to God. Now, I grew up in church, Mm -hmm. but I have what I call church hurt. Um, There's a lot of baggage in the way that I grew up and, you know, I I really wasn't taught about grace. I was taught about God's holy standard and the Mm. fact that I would never meet it. And so that just kind of combined with my mental health struggles and um, is part of the reason that I ended up in addiction and that I was just really trying to find my worth in all the wrong places. So um, there was a time in my life where I ran from God. I wasn't close to him. I really didn't know who he was. I knew all about him. I could yeah. quote scripture and verse right. and you know, even teach about it, but I had no clue who he was. And so yeah. in this battle with this cancer that took my mom, I just, I wrestled with him. You know, I, I asked him if he was really good. And um, I believed he could answer a prayer, but would he? You know, and and we just had these battles. And at the end of all of that, I realized that it's okay to question God. It's okay to give him my emotions, no matter how complicated and how dark. And it just was an amazing journey. So in all of that, when we lost her, uh, I had moved away from home. So I was in North Carolina at the time and she was back here in Tennessee. And uh, my husband and I and our children were traveling back and forth and When all was said and done um, and we'd had her funeral, my dad said, I really think that you're supposed to come home. And I had this career that I loved teaching psychology. And, um, you know, we had a whole life there and we were very comfortable. We had just bought a new house. Uh, My husband had felt called into law enforcement. So he had Mm. started that career and we were happy and things were easy. kind of for the first time. And I just, I thought, you know, why would I want to go home? I Mm. I didn't want to come home because there were things in my past I really just wanted to leave behind. And uh, so I just told my dad, you know, you've got my two sisters. I just don't, you know, I don't see that for us. And he asked me to pray about it. Mm. And I did. I just said, Lord, if that's what you want, you're going to have to really shout it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to have to speak very slowly and clearly <laughs> for me to get that because I'm not feeling that. Um, and so we went back home to North Carolina after the funeral, and I just I couldn't get it out of my head. A little while passed, and we came back home, and my dad brought it up again, and he said, I'm just, you know, I'm so lonely, and I, I really would love it even if you guys would move in with me. Um, this house is so big and, um, I had little kids at the time, mm-hmm. babies, um, at the time. And I said, you don't know what you're asking for, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. this is, we have a loud and messy existence here with these three kids, but something was just kind of stirring inside of me. And, um, you know, we went through the visit and it was time to drive back 
And he looked at me one last time and he said, Amy, sometimes God really wants a leap of faith. Mm. You know, sometimes we have to move toward him before he moves toward us. And I just, my dad didn't talk like that growing up. You just have to understand. It was just this conversation that was really strange. It was unusual. Um, It was. And Amy, you, you said just a little bit ago then that your dad asked you to pray about it. He did. And was that that something he would typically (laughs) say to you? No, no. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, it's not that that Daddy didn't believe, but I've never, I never saw him open a Bible, Mm -hmm. you know, or Mm -hmm. my mom, for that matter. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, through her struggle, she definitely drew closer to God, and Mm -hmm. and things changed in my family, for sure. But, you know, my dad was a colonel in the National Guard, Mm -hmm. and he was very military and an entrepreneur, had his own business and um now he he was a a wonderful father and just very tough and masculine but knew how to cry with his girls but Mm -hmm. i just you know i didn't hear him talk like that and it just kind of shook me a little bit so you know i thought it was interesting that he said that to me and when he made that last comment Mm -hmm. something shifted in my soul and i knew i was supposed to come home but i was terrified because that was crazy it made no sense. I mean, we had no equity in all the practical things. We had no equity in our house. Um, I finally was very settled in my career. I had right. a nanny to help me take care of my kids yeah. Yeah. financially. You know, we were doing great. And, you know, my husband was so connected in the police department there and he had friends that he mm-hmm. loved and I was afraid to talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. And so um, we got in the car to drive back to North Carolina and I was quiet, which is very unusual for me. <laughs> And he just kept kind of looking at me sideways, mm-hmm. you know, and um, we really we got through uh, to East Tennessee just about before I talked. That's a long way because West Tennessee is a long way from East yeah. Tennessee, yeah. <laughs> a very long state. But he finally looked at me and he said, oh, I've got something I need to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, OK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, really? What is it? And he said, I know this is crazy, but. God's laying on my heart that we need to move back to Tennessee. Isn't that and something? I, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm so grateful that God didn't tell me that and leave me alone with it. You know, and it reminded me of when the angel of the Lord told Mary that she was going to carry our Savior since yeah. we just came through Christmas. Mm-hmm. This is kind of an appropriate reference. Mm-hmm. But he also told her cousin, told Mary's cousin, so that she could share that with somebody and have validation. Yeah. And isn't that how good our God is? Yeah. He just, he knows exactly what we need. And so uh, my husband, Nate, and I knew that we were supposed to come home. And I was very unprepared for all that that would bring mm-hmm. um, because you know, I'd been gone for years, years and years, and I, I was able to leave things behind, and, and we would come home often to visit, but it's not the same thing. You know, you're not around the so, neighborhood. So you were moving back to the home you grew up in? Absolutely, oh, yes. Okay. So this was, um, you know, it, it was... At the time, you know, we were so sure that God was telling us to do it. So it was, it kind of felt like an adventure. We were scared, Mm -hmm. but things just happened. Our house sold in a day and we made money on it. Um, You know, Nate was able to get on with the police department here and things were just lining up so well. Um, And everything, you know, was moving forward until we were going to come home Christmas and 
we were excited about that and we decided instead we couldn't wait. We came home for Thanksgiving instead. Mm. And I was going to announce to my two sisters and my grandfather and my aunt and uncle who were all here that we were moving home. And so we did, we came home for Thanksgiving. We had a wonderful holiday. We went back to North Carolina and just kind of really just rested in the peace of knowing we had made the right decision. And then two weeks later, my brother-in-law called to tell us that my dad had passed away. Oh, Amy. Just suddenly. Mm -hmm. And I just, I thought, God, what in the world is this? What is this? I mean, I was literally brought to my knees and all I could say was no. So we came home for the funeral, and um, mm. it was an amazing experience. Actually, people from all over the world showed up for Daddy's funeral because he was a Vietnam veteran, mm-hmm. and um, he was with the first um, Special Forces helicopter um, assault company. And the stories were told, and the military funeral happened, and all this, you know, was going on. And I just remember kind of being so confused and I mean, my emotions were all over the place. And when the dust settled, you know, we asked ourselves, did God still want this? Did we really hear that? And, um, I remember just feeling so lost and alone and, um, I was staying with my sister and I, I got my Bible out. Um, and I've never, you know, I knew the Bible from Sunday school, but I really, wasn't a Bible reader. It was more like I should be reading my Bible, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I would do devotions and things, but I needed answers. Mm. And, you know, I had started to go to the word during my mom's struggle and I would find just the right verse that I needed. And so that, that had become part of my relationship with God at that point. And I grabbed my Bible and I, I just said, Lord, I, you know, everybody else in the house was asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the day after the funeral. And I just, mm. I said, I need something. I'm so alone. You know, I mean, I have no parents Mm -hmm. and I opened up the word of God and there I saw, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Oh my goodness. And I knew, I knew he was there. He was still in this. And so when my husband got up, I, I shared the verse with him and I said, are we really supposed to be here though? I mean, what would it look like if we dropped back and punted? I like football. Mm -hmm. So I used that Mm -hmm. analogy and he said, it would look like disobedience. And so we took a deep breath and we moved forward and we went on with our plans. Long story short, because there's so many details, but three years passed while I was asking God for a job, while I was praying and saying, why am I here? (laughs) We got to the point where we could not afford the house. The the mortgage was too much for us Mm -hmm. with only one income. We were literally um, dependent on venison, (laughs) Mm. and um, we had blackberries, wild blackberries and muscadines on the farm here, and, you know, I was, my pride wouldn't let me admit to my family how really desperate we were trying to choose which bill to pay and Mm -hmm. which one not to, and, you know, kindness just showed up a a lot, you know, God showed up, and and people would come forward, our neighbors just handed us money one Mm. time, and we needed to pay the gas bill, it was just all these things, and I finally, I was just so broken, um, but I kept going to the Word of God, I kept reaching out, I kept fighting, you know, my bipolar disorder um, was just, really, I was depressed, you know, Mm -hmm. I even lost kind of the manic side to that, and I was in a deep Mm -hmm. depression, and 
I decided to go on medication for the first time and, mm. you know, God and I just kind of wrestled. And finally, I just laid face down in my kitchen floor and I just, I was as limp as possible, as submitted mm-hmm. as possible. And I cried out to God and I said, Lord, I don't know what else I can do other mm. than just give you everything. Mm. Please just, I don't, if you want us in this state to keep me humble, to teach me things, I'm willing, mm-hmm. I'm willing to stay here. Oh, but God, I, I want to be used. Yeah. And I want you to just make me into what you need. Help me to serve your purpose. And I'm willing to do anything. And at this point, I had applied for so many jobs, but jobs that I had done before and won awards Mm -hmm. for. And I would get the interview and then the door would slam in my face. And I just, I really, I was willing to do anything if -hmm. that's what God wanted Mm -hmm. us to do. So um, I got up out of the floor. And I looked at my computer and I just hopped on Indeed. And and there was this job, faith-based community coordinator. Oh, and I thought, goodness. oh, faith-based. Mm-hmm. And I barely read it because I was about to rush out the door to go pick up one of my kids from school. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, okay. And it was one of the easy ones where you could just click a button right. and my resume just went. And mm-hmm. I walked out the door. <laughs> I get in the car five minutes later. My friend now, Kristen, mm-hmm. calls and says, oh, hey. We just got your resume. We're really interested in interviewing you. And I said, oh, great. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. And she said, did you see the part in the requirements where you have to be in recovery? And I said, "Um, you mean like from drugs and alcohol? Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah. And I said, oh, my gosh, I am sorry. I'm not a good fit. And she said, are you sure? And when we talk about this today, we Mm -hmm. laugh because she said, I have no clue what made me ask that question, because I had asked a million people that question when they said no, you know, or or I'm not a good fit. And she said, but something made me pause and ask you that question. I said, I know what that something was. It's called the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And when she said, are you sure? My whole broken path just came flooding into my mind, you know, at, at the door of ending my life, you know, Mm. I saw myself, Mm. I saw the horrible things that had happened to me in the past and the things that I had done in addiction, all of the drinking, all of the lies, all of the things, all the brokenness, it Mm -hmm. all just came right in front of my face. And I just realized that I am in recovery. And I said, you know, I'd like to be interviewed. Um, Actually, I think I might be a good fit. And I had four interviews and they were the craziest interviews I've ever had. I have a seven page academic curriculum Mm -hmm. with publications and all the things Mm -hmm. and all the awards and the things. And it went right in the trash can. Mm -hmm. And for four interviews, I talked about the darkest moments in my life. I talked about my reasons for using. I talked about my reasons now for living and and the way that I found recovery and it was the most amazing experience. I, I had no clue that there were jobs where I could actually be me yeah. Yeah. and help people, yeah. you know, and there, the central part of my story, my recovery story is this at the end of 10 years of addiction. I was, um, I took my qualifying exam for my PhD mm-hmm. and I had stopped drinking actually on my own because I was more terrified of somebody finding out that I was drinking than I was of doing 
without the alcohol. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately that, you know, my, my medication was gone at that point because alcohol was my medication. And so my disease just, it it was like a raging inferno Mm. and I was so sick, so sick. And I, I couldn't, complete my program. Um, I had prepared for three years to take right. this exam right. and I failed it when that happened. Um, and I'll never forget that they told me your answers are correct, but you're just not good enough. Isn't that something? And that is, that was what the devil told me my whole life. Mm. It was like he was in the room with me mm. confirming everything I'd ever believed about myself to be true in that moment. And I was tired. I was done. I wanted to die. Mm. So I went home to my apartment and I gathered pills, anything I could find, mine, whoever else, my roommates, whoever's. And I decided that I just wanted to lay down and not get back up. And right before I did it, my mind exploded with beloved. And I hope somebody's listening to this who's frustrated right now and who might not understand the seeds that we plant sometimes take a long time to Mm -hmm. take root Mm -hmm. and to grow. Because when I was in junior high school, a Sunday school teacher gave me a piece of paper with my name on it in calligraphy Mm -hmm. with the name's meaning right below it. And it said, beloved. And I remember when she gave that to me, I went, yeah, right because I didn't believe it. But in my darkest moment, that just came out of the soil and flowered. And I remembered who I was. And God told me who I was in that moment. And that's all it took to just Mm. give me enough hope to wait. Mm. And that's what most people do need. It's just a Mm. little bit of hope hope. to wait. Absolutely. And so instead of doing that, I actually called um, the crisis number on our campus and I talked to him about God and um, all of my things. You know, I was able to just um, let that out. And I believed that God had a plan for me and I believed that there was more. So to be able to be in a role where faith and recovery intersect is so precious to me because I know, I know God wants to be in our mess with us, Mm -hmm. that we don't have to clean up before we come to him, that he loves us exactly as we are and that everything can be redeemed. Mm -hmm. All of my pain has a purpose. And it just, you know, every day I just, I can't believe that I get to do what I get to do Mm -hmm. to meet people where they are and, and to try my best to show them Jesus in the way that I love them as they are. And it's amazing. So you said our pain has a purpose. Like you said, Romans 8, 28, um, Mm -hmm. all things work together for good to, for, to those that love the Lord and even our pain and our struggles, God can use for his honor and glory. And so, uh, Amy, thank you very much for sharing all of that. It was was quite quite moving. And let me just ask you then, so you, at that point then, you actually collected all the pills and medications that you could to mm-hmm. to kill yourself. Yes. I, I, that is the only solution that I could see mm-hmm. in that moment. And I honestly believed that everyone would be so much better off without me. 
I, I did not see that I had anything to give. And that was such a lie. Absolutely. And such it's, a lie. It's, a, it's a lie that uh, Satan wants people that are depressed and overwhelmed and mm-hmm. at the bottom wants them to believe that there is no hope and that they are not loved. And yet just in that in that exact moment then, you were reminded of the phrase that you were beloved. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was so amazing because that was my worst moment. Mm-hmm. I was in the biggest failure of my life, mm-hmm. yet I was beloved. Yeah. It just... It just illuminated so much for me. It it was grace, mm-hmm. and it gave me the strength to go on. Amen. Well, that's uh, that's an amazing story, and so you never did complete then that doctoral program, is that right? I did not. Yeah, that is that is correct. And and and, and look how God is for... using you with that experience, <laughs> yes. right? To be able yes. to to relate and connect to even more people and to understand their despair and their feeling of hopelessness, and yet it allows you to be able to care for them and to minister to them in a, in a, a way that otherwise probably was not possible. That's absolutely true. And I went on to work in the community college after that mm. for 14 years. Okay. And I was able to be with students who were suicidal so many times mm. who got their worth from yeah. their grades. Mm. And I was able to look at them and say, oh, yeah. there's so much more. Yeah. You know, and eventually, um, even though I, you know, I had a crooked path, as I shared before, and I grappled with, mm-hmm. oh, who, who who is God and who am I to God and how does this all work um, because mm-hmm. of my baggage somewhat. But I ended up being the campus crusade leader and praying with students and um, witnessing to students in my office and just all these amazing things that never would have been had mm-hmm. I followed that original path. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so grateful. There's just Isn't been something? so many layers of blessings. Yes. So you said you're so grateful. So I imagine in some respects you're grateful that you failed that doctoral program. I am. And I don't—that wasn't God's path for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I— you know, I, I really want everybody to understand that God has an opinion mm. on our future. He has plans. Jeremiah mm. twenty nine eleven is true. Yeah. He absolutely Amen. has a plan for each individual. Yeah. And yeah. at any time I get a chance to speak to college students, I just did this the other day. We have an intern that's going to work with us in the spring, and I'm so excited about her. Um, and, you know, she's telling me her plans and things. And, I, you know, I'm always quick to say, oh, that sounds great. Make sure you ask God what he thinks about that. Amen. Because mm-hmm. he has he has us in mind. Yeah. He knows the number of hairs on our head. You know, he he put everything together inside of us. We're his masterpiece. Masterpieces don't just come together accidentally. You know, he is a craftsman and he chooses each little piece of our personality, the way we look, all of the things. And it's so amazing to think about that. It is. And Amy, that is that is so wise to listen to the response of your intern and the ideas that she was presenting. And likely they were very good ideas. But to pray about it because God's idea may be even more 
grandiose or maybe you know be, obviously better but to to pause and to 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 seek God's direction is mm-hmm. you know is wise counsel for all of us absolutely um, yes we can't anticipate his plans mm-hmm. they're so much more amazing than ours so Amy just thank you for sharing all of that and you you said so many things that I think were just really um insightful one was it is okay to question God. And, mm-hmm. you know, that I think is is something that sometimes we get the feeling that, well, you know, we shouldn't do that or you shouldn't question mm-hmm. God. But I think it is absolutely appropriate and okay to question God. Why did this happen? Why did yes. you allow this to happen? But then to not leave it there, but then to trust God and to say, how are you going to use this in my life? And so it's okay to, to question God, and we are all faced with that at some point, that where we all yes. deep down inside question God, why did you allow this to happen? But we shouldn't leave it there. We should then move on to trust God and ask, okay, now what are you going to do? You know, how, how is this going to honor you? What do you want me to do next? Absolutely. The question is important because of what it leads to, because Mm -hmm. we cannot be intimate Mm -hmm. with a person if we don't have deep conversations. Mm -hmm. And the same thing is true of God. And that my wrestling with him over my mom's death began that whole path toward him. Mm -hmm. And it even helped me understand that moment way back when, when he called me beloved, you know, I, everything kind of came together in those hard conversations with God because I had to learn to have discussion with him. Not only was I crying out to him, but I was listening to him. So mm-hmm. yes, we don't leave the question out there. We ask him for answers and then we we let him tell us because he wants to talk to us. Mm-hmm. He really does that. His word is so rich. The people around us who are believers, in a, especially in a recovery community, yeah. I have really good people around me yeah. who are just very close to God and they pray with me and they hold me accountable and they hold me up and they build me up and they help me to grow. So we definitely need to seek that wise counsel. That's the way God speaks to us. Find a good church community, you know, so we can serve other people. And God speaks to us through all of those experiences. It's, it's an amazing thing that the God of the universe wants to be intimate with us. Amen. So, Amy, thank you again for sharing all of that. And one of the things that you said was, in essence, that you were grateful that you failed the doctoral program, because that Mm -hmm. ultimately led you to these other uh, opportunities and ways that God had planned for you. And that reminded me of, I was at a meeting today where uh, a couple of individuals shared basically that they were grateful that they had the disease of alcoholism because Mm -hmm. if they did not have that, they likely would not have the close walk with the Lord that they have today, and they wouldn't be focused on trying to help people. And so they they expressed that, yeah, they they were, and they, they didn't feel that way right away, in their recovery, but they got to a point where they were like, you know, yes, I'm grateful that I am an alcoholic because now my walk with the Lord, I have a walk with the Lord, and it is 
it is so intimate, it is so close and personal that they felt they would not have had it otherwise. And so that's just, uh, you know, I, th- I think I have found people in recovery just seem to be so, so grateful, um, yes. so grateful, so grateful for another day of life and another opportunity to see what God has for you. And that is just such a, a great mindset and place to be. You know, I wish that for everyone. But, um, I do too. But they are just such a grateful people, and that is, that's just a miracle of grace and a miracle mm-hmm. of God's forgiveness and his love and care and compassion for us. And often it takes people to be in the depths of whatever struggle that people might go through for them to see to see that God is a, a caring, compassionate, merciful God and that he cares for us. And once we get through the storm, if you will, whatever that storm might be, uh, oftentimes then we are more grateful and compassionate and caring. You know, not not everyone comes out feeling that way either. So well, and I, yeah. I want to encourage mm-hmm. one of the things that has been so precious about living out loud in recovery is that I never understood how amazing grace was because I didn't give all of this to God. I mm-hmm. hid it. Mm-hmm. So because I couldn't have that interaction with God around this past pain and some some abuse that I had just chosen not to deal with mm-hmm. and the alcoholism and the mental health struggles and all of that, I wasn't living in gratitude mm-hmm. because I had not faced all of that. And so, you know, I think a lot of us are really prone to try to hide our difficulties mm-hmm. even. It, maybe mm-hmm. they're not even that extreme, but right. even, you know, our basic flaws or mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we have this mindset that we have to be a certain way. And uh, there's just so much freedom in understanding that all human beings are a mess. Yeah. We are all in the same <laughs> sin boat. Yeah. We all need a savior. Um, you know, and until you get to that place though, as you said, some people don't, aren't able to see their struggles as amazing, you know, or their failures as fantastic. I call that my fantastic failure because it really was Mm -hmm. an amazing opportunity instead. Yeah. Not everyone goes through a struggle or challenge or, or tragedy and allows God to use it in their life. Some people, right. unfortunately, turn and, and are bitter or reject God or mm-hmm. mad at God. And unfortunately, that is sometimes that's a response. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's going beyond just questioning God. That's resenting and being mad at God and then not letting mm-hmm. go of that. I do a lot of grief work mm-hmm. uh, now. And I'm grateful that my experience in losing my parents mm-hmm. opened the door to that. Mm-hmm. But it hurts me physically sometimes to encounter that bitterness Mm -hmm. that I encounter when people are trying to understand what is going on here and they can't, um, Mm -hmm. they just don't have the strength yet to allow God to shine the light on that situation and to help Mm -hmm. them get through it. And I say yet because I'm grateful that I have patience and compassion because 
God's word tells us that if we seek him with all our heart, we mm-hmm. will find him. Amen. And so I just, I pray, mm-hmm. you know, that, that the fight will continue because as long as somebody's angry, they still care. Mm-hmm. And God mm-hmm. can work in that, mm-hmm. you know, and if I can come alongside them mm-hmm. and I can be there, no matter how harsh they mm-hmm. are, if I can continue to love them exactly where they are, I I just continue to have faith that God will come alongside and that he will make a difference. And yeah. I see that every day. Yeah, He can do it. Yeah, you said about um, having patience and that maybe they weren't ready just yet to to let God back in or, or to, to consider what God has for them. And that made me think of the expression, give time, time. And that yes. while that's not easy to do, and we all, it seems like our human nature, we want everything now, and we want it fast, and we want to take shortcuts. But sometimes we we do need to be patient, and we need to give time, time. We need to properly yes. heal ourselves and to get well mm-hmm. physically, spiritually, emotionally, and sometimes that just means pulling the reins back and just being patient and giving ourselves time and giving our loved ones time to heal. And so, yes, and being patient is unfortunately oftentimes very, very difficult to do. But, yes, yeah. Is. Well, Amy, thank you very much for all of that. So that concludes part one of the interview with Amy. Please join us next week to hear part two of the interview, where Amy shares more details of this faith-based initiative program in Tennessee and how God is using that program in a mighty way to rescue people from the terrible depths of addiction and many other struggles, to help people be successful in recovery, and to lead many people to dramatically change lives through the power of God in your life. That is what I have for you today. Thank you very much for joining me today. And remember, there is always hope with God. Thank you for letting me share. Take care, and God bless you all.